This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Episode 218, Your Invitation to the 2022 Spending Symposium. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And we are so excited. So, so very excited. The culmination of months of hard work, months of expert interviews, of promotion, of assembling goodie bags and giveaways and team building and Oh, everything that goes into our Frugal Living Summit is about to go down. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> In the best way possible. Yes. I didn't mean that oh. to sound like doom and gloom because this is, this is this a big is deal. The opposite of doom and gloom. This is the spending symposium and it starts Monday. 20 speakers and four days of nonstop frugal goodness. And not just like general frugality, but four days of helping you understand why you spend impulsively, how to stop spending impulsively, how we can spend better, and how we can optimize once we have developed these integral life skills. Mm-hmm. But first, our sponsors. Mm. Or sponsor, and it's one and the same. Giddy anticipation. That feeling when you are so looking forward to something that all your adulthood goes out the window and you just can't hardly contain yourself. That's how we're feeling about this spending symposium, which starts Monday. You've heard us, June 27th. It is again free. A four-day virtual event with 20 speakers talking about spending better and a lot of other things. Just join us. You'll see. And it all starts Monday, June 27th. There's still time to register at frugallivingsummit.com. So do it. Join us in our giddy anticipation. Forget about emotional regulation, responsibilities, or logical thinking. Roll down that window and just start yelling, I can't wait. I can't wait. Which is really how I'm feeling. And so today we're going to play you three clips, not full interviews, but clips from the symposium so you can get just a small taste of what you're going to experience next week and why you want to head to frugallivingsummit.com to get your free ticket, your free goodie bag, join the Facebook group, listen to our live happy hours happening throughout the week. Like, You are going to want to participate in this virtual event. And the thing is, it's virtual and it's free. So it doesn't matter what you're doing next week. You can participate. Everything can be listened to on your phone, on your laptop, at work. It's easily accessible because we want everyone to develop the life skills that we are going to be talking about next week week. And if you can't, if you absolutely can't join next week, maybe you're on a cruise and you like just don't have Wi-Fi and you don't want to pay for it. I get it. I didn't talk to my kid for three days because I didn't want to pay for Wi-Fi on a cruise. If you are like me, 
then you can get the Spending Mastery Bundle, which is lifetime access to all of the sessions with MP3 downloads, which definitely were our most downloaded part of last year's bundle. 15 resources from our speakers, courses, ebooks, spreadsheets, all kinds of things. And it's cheaper than the what you would pay for the Wi-Fi on a cruise. So definitely check that out after you register. But we want to get into a few of these amazing snippets from over the first three days of the summit. Do it. Yes. So the first one is from Allison Baggerly. And you will know her as Inspired Budget on Instagram. She has the Inspired Budget podcast. And in this snippet, we're talking about like what is emotional spending, because that's a type of impulsive spending, and what can trigger it. And listen to her example of her emotional spending. It's so relatable. And uh, it will definitely give you some tips on how you can process and act if you are feeling the same way. Allison, tell us a little bit about emotional spending. Oh my gosh. How does this happen? It happens when you least expect it. I... (laughs) No, but emotional spending, it's basically when you're spend money, spending money based on emotions, whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether you're glad, whether you're bored, whether you're stressed, whether you feel like your life is chaotic and you just want a sense of control. We spend money because we are taking back control of something by spending money. But ultimately, while it might make you feel good in the moment, because that's exactly how it is for me, I do struggle with emotional spending. And I also love spending money while it does feel great in the moment. The aftermath of it is really just more shame, more guilt, feeling like I actually don't have control and that the spending money was just a lie to Mm. make me believe I have control. Yeah. And Mm. I love that you also pointed out that it's not just negative emotions, but Mm -mm. it's positive emotions as well. Oh yes. Very often spend to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's all these emotions in our lives that we use spending to deal with. Yes. And you're absolutely right. Like I'm thinking right now, when I hit a milestone in my business, I immediately wanted to celebrate. And it's so interesting because I can even see it in my children. I can see their emotional spending in my children. One of my children said, great, let's go get ice cream. And my other kid was like, great, let's go get a hotel room for two nights and go out to eat and play in an indoor swimming pool. And I was like, yeah, you're my kid. (laughs) That one's mine. I made that. It is. It is not. I think a lot of people think that emotional spending just ties to when you're depressed or when you're anxious, but it's not. It's also ties to positive emotions. And then just feeling apathy and boredom is a lot of what can trigger emotional spending as well. I think we've not, many of us haven't been taught another way Mm -hmm. to be able to reward ourselves or care for ourselves. It's almost like food. Mm -hmm. I remember, I I still distinctly remember a time when uh, there was a parent friend of mine who was making goodie bags for their child's birthday party Mm -hmm. and they didn't want to put any candy or food items in it. And I had this like visceral reaction, like, then what are you possibly going to put in it? Like all I know for reward is like Mm -hmm. food. All I know for like what kids are going to enjoy is candy. And I'm like, who wants a pencil eraser? But I've I've come come to terms with there's, (laughs) there are other things Mm -hmm. that can be given. And similarly with this concept, there are other things we can do. It doesn't mean the absence of celebration Mm -hmm. or the absence of caring for ourselves when we're down, but learning new ways to do that mm-hmm. that isn't going to cost us money if we don't want to spend it if right. it's not intentional. And and on that note, Jill, not even just learning the new ways, but being able to recognize the patterns mm-hmm. that we don't even see in ourselves. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things that people need to uncover is looking back at your past spending history and realizing, okay, did I spend emotionally in this situation? And if I did, what happened before that moment? 
And what caused me to not want to sit in that emotion? Because I fully believe that while it's nice to escape uncomfortable emotions or celebrate positive emotions, we're meant to sit in our emotions and experience them. And that can be really uncomfortable for a lot of people. And the world has taught us, hey, you don't need to be uncomfortable. You don't need to sit in that feeling. You just need to go and spend money and replace that feeling with um, an adrenaline rush, which is exactly what I did for so many years. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's maybe the first takeaway from this. There's going to be like a million takeaways. So just like get your pencils out, but like (laughs) finding something like, just don't even leave it to chance. Just like make, start making your list. Like what are the free things I'm going to do to deal with negative emotions? What are the free things I'm going to do to like celebrate positive emotions? And then maybe like a budget list. Like what are the like low cost ways I'm going to celebrate? What are the low cost ways I'm going to try to distract myself with negative emotions because we don't have to be perfect. You won't Mm -hmm. be perfect. So just plan to not be perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. And so I know- pattern thing too. Like even thinking Mm -hmm. back to how were these things handled when I was growing up? Because like, that's that's the same thing with candy. Like this is Mm -hmm. what you do. I received candy as a kid and I find myself now, I give candy to kids. (laughs) But I know, I know the kids. Jill, I give candy to my kids. I think we need an intervention. She's like, I'm in my white van. And I cannot see. Is there something wrong with this? I'm being yeah. nice. She does. She pulls up in her white SUV. Same thing. <laughs> sitting just like yeah, sitting in the, the emotions. Window. And while you're there thinking through and processing, how has this been handled mm-hmm. in the past? How do I want to handle it going forward? Yeah. So work. Which is hard because it requires the self-discipline that we haven't taken the time to practice before. So the idea that, oh, I'm going to be able to tackle this right away and immediately see results is absolutely ridiculous because for years, however many years are you old, you maybe saw this type of behavior in your family or you've been practicing it yourself. So it's going to take time to you know, develop that sense of self-discipline. But here's what I want, I would love for anyone who's watching to do is I want you to think back to a time whenever you spent money impulsively. And if it's okay with you guys, I'd like to actually walk through a situation when I did this myself. So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to think, and I'm looking over here because I actually just wrote a chapter in my book about this. And so I'm looking at my book right now that I wrote. But the first thing is I want you to basically just list out the experience, what happened. And so I'm going to paint this picture for you of a time whenever I caught myself in the moment emotionally spending. And it was back when I had started Inspired Budget. I was a business owner, but I was still teaching full-time. So I was waking up at 6 a.m., 5.45 every morning, going to teach and get my kids up. I had two kids, still do two kids, taking them to school, getting to school, teaching. I would be up at the school by 7am. I want to get home from picking up my kids from daycare until 530, make dinner, do baths, put everyone to bed. Then I would sit down at this little tiny desk in the corner of my primary bedroom And I would work from about eight to 11 and I would work on my business. I would work on inspired budget. I'd create printables. I'd write blog posts. And that was very overwhelming. And I'll never forget there was this day and everyone had already gone to bed because it was a school night. I was up, it was maybe 10 or 1030. My husband's sleeping in the room while I'm sitting on my, you know, in the dark with my computer, the only lighting source in my room. And I remember looking at my to-do list for my business. And I remember just feeling so stressed and overwhelmed. And I felt like I had no control. I was just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And in that moment, my next reaction without even thinking about it was I literally opened up a new tab in my browser and I went to Amazon and I just started scrolling because in that moment, I had no control over myself. I felt so out of control. I felt so overwhelmed, but shopping I knew would make me happy and I knew it would bring me joy. And I knew that I would get that, that very tiny little adrenaline rush that would kind of perk me up and I could finish my night of work because I had something happy that happened to me in that moment. And I was able to take back control when I felt like it was gone. And so looking back at that experience, when you're able to look back at your experiences and develop and find patterns in them, you can look at three things. You can look at when, when did it happen? Well, for me, it happened late at night. No one else is awake. 
right? I'm left to my own devices. I have no self-control because I'm exhausted, right? Because I was working so much. So when did it happen? Where? Well, it happened at home. It happened when I was, you know, working on my business. It happened when I was, I didn't have anyone else to turn to. I didn't have someone that I could just lean on and, you know, I couldn't wake up my husband and say, Hey, I'm really stressed about this. And then why? And my why in that moment was I felt like my life, my business, I just felt very overwhelmed. And if I could do one thing, instead of working on my business and doing one thing there that would bring me back control, I sought out something that was easier and happier. And I wanted to do that one thing to replace that emotion. And so looking back, when you're able to find the patterns in your impulse spending, that's when you can then say, okay, what boundaries do I need to put in place now so that this is no longer an issue for me? Because when we don't look at the patterns first and we just start throwing, you know, band-aids on the problem, it's not going to go away. Allison is so amazing. And we hope that you get to hear her full interview because she shares so many awesome tangible tips and she is super relatable. I think one of the things that stands out to me about this segment where she's talking about feeling out of control in her business is that it wasn't that she wasn't being responsible. It was that she wanted a reward a reward for all the hard work and responsibilities that Mm -hmm. she was doing, which I think I can experience that too. Oftentimes we'll think about impulse spending as just, you're not doing much. Maybe there's a connotation of laziness attached to it. You're not thinking about it, but really it was more of a a distraction, a reward, one a way to say, yes, I'm working really hard for this thing and I want to feel congratulated in some way. No one else is doing it, so I got to do it for myself. Yeah. And and I think it it's not that oh, we can't have a reward. It's that we need to be able to find ways that aren't going to hijack our spending in ways that we don't want to be spending. And so finding some of those free ways of celebrating, not abandoning celebration or reward all the time. So that was really helpful for me to kind of reorient some of the reasons that we might sabotage our spending habits. And it's not always just because I'm walking through a store and I'm not thinking straight and something finds its way in my cart. Yeah, I always love chatting with Allison and I am like I am I'm blessed that I get to do it all the time. She's a really good friend, but she is one of the and I had to text her this after our interview with her is one of the best interviewees that we've ever that we we get the chance to talk to because she's so authentic and vulnerable and she goes into even more depth in the rest of the interview but it is definitely one to check out on day one of the summit and yeah i we don't talk about emotional spending as much as we should uh we talk more about the small impulses in the grocery store or whatever. But this is something when you can identify it, you can start to work through it and it will make a big difference in how you keep your budget. Mm -hmm. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com frugal. That's mintmobile.com frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com frugal. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month, 
New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Now that I have kids, I'm hyper aware of the information I put online. But unfortunately, there's only so much I can do. Our personal information is everywhere on the internet, and I don't have time to monitor and take it off every website. That's why I personally use Delete Me. Delete.me is a service that finds and removes any personal information from hundreds of data broker websites and make sure it stays off. Delete.me isn't just a one-time service. It's always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you don't want on the internet. I signed up, completed a questionnaire, and they took it from there, submitting opt-out requests to data broker sites and keeping my personal info private. To take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now, at a special discount for our listeners, today get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash frugal and use promo code FRUGAL at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL and enter code FRUGAL at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL, code FRUGAL. So our next clip is from Jade Warshaw, and she is from More Feast, Less Famine on Instagram. And she also has a great YouTube channel. And and we just, we loved talking to Jade. She is sharing her debt payoff story on day two. And it's so relatable because like Jade and her husband are musicians. They're artists. They're not engineers. They're not doctors. Like they are just trained artists. And so I felt like this was a very relatable debt payoff story and her 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 feelings are I I heard a lot of my own feelings about my debt payoff story in her so I hope that you will if you're going through one feel about like you'll hear that in your own story too. And that yeah that guilt and shame is like a big part of it. And it is why like so many people just brush it off to the side, put it in a closet and ignore it. So like, how did you push through that feeling? You know, I think two things. Um, We had the support, you know, and I tell people all the time having when you when you like you said, you kind of throw the lights on, you open up the closet and you see, okay, here's the problem, you know. I think in our culture and in our society, we try to do a lot of things alone because if you, if you can accomplish this, then you're, you're your own hero. And it's not like that. Like you need help. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times in life, we just have to acknowledge we need help. We need support. We need to reach out. And, you know, for my husband and I, the first of that was looking to each other and going, okay, if we're going to get through this, we're going to get through it together. And then, you know, from there, you know, and I, you know, I say this on my social media all the time. Like if you're going to tackle anything, like if you're going to make any major change, whether it be tackling debt or, you know, diet and exercise or whatever it is that you're trying to, you know, make strides in. I always tell people like, if you can do three P's, then it will help you. If you can find the right people, which are those people who will support you, they will tell you the truth. You know, they'll keep you encouraged. If you can find a purpose, that's the second P, you know, that purpose is like that. Why, like that underlying why that drives you. So if you can find your purpose in three, if you can find a proven plan, which is something that you has already worked for other people, there's a track record. There's something that, you know, okay, if I follow these steps, this can work. I think if you can find those three things, they will push you and motivate you and keep you um, moving in the right direction. You know, for me, like I said, the people, my husband, my family, my friends, when, when it was time for us to get out of debt, we didn't keep it a secret. We told everybody because we wanted that accountability. We wanted people to know, Hey, we're working on this, you know, and basically if you see us getting off track, say something like, Hey Jade, you know, I'm surprised that you went shopping. I thought you were getting out of debt. You know, I, I wanted that accountability, you know, with our purpose, you know, for me, I always envisioned a family and I had this vision in my head of, you know, being able to walk my kids to school and being able to go to their soccer games and where we were, that wasn't going to happen. So I needed to keep that vision in my head of Jade, if you want this, and if you want it the way that you are envisioning it, 
you've got to keep going. And then finally the plan, you know, like I said, for my husband, the plan that worked for us was um, the Ramsey plan. That might not be the plan for you, but whatever it is, find a plan. And what I say is just submit to that plan. Just throw your ego aside because especially with money, there's just that feeling of, oh, oh, I know what to do here. Like, oh, I'll just, you know, I know what to do. But you have to like have that reality moment of like, if I knew what to do, then I wouldn't be in this mess. So I need to look to something else that has worked more times. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's something to that. I mean, I think it's just kind of, like I said, putting that ego aside and going, you know what? I, I've messed up with money. Like I haven't, I haven't gotten it right. So I need to, I need to learn. I need to look to something and I need to follow a process that has been proven to work. And if I follow the process to a T and it still doesn't work, then let's pick another process and, and, you know, continue to just walk down that path. So I love that accepting that there's room to grow. There's places where learning can come into place, but with the rejection of the guilt and shame. I think sometimes we don't know how to separate the two of, I can admit that I didn't do this the exact right way, but it doesn't mean that I'm a complete failure and I can never do better. I mean, absolutely. And what you're saying, I mean, let's look at what's happening right now. I mean, you've got to believe that nothing is wasted. You've got to believe that the things that take place, the challenges that you face are here for no reason alone, but to grow you and so that you can be a help for others. Like the fact that I'm sitting here, the whole point of me and my husband going through this was the people who are listening right now. It wasn't just for me and for my husband to keep to ourselves and go, okay, like we did this cool thing. Yay, yay, yay. It's it's given us now a platform to speak, you know, and help people and motivate people and hopefully give them an encouragement. And that's the reason we go through anything tough, right? Like that's the reason we grow is for that purpose alone. It's not just for us. <laughs> preach, preach, say louder for the people in the back. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and I so appreciate you sharing this because it it is unusual, probably not unusual where people find themselves in that much debt, but to be, to talk about it. You know, often we hear, oh, okay, 80,000, maybe a hundred thousand, but never do you hear 460,000. And so I think for the people who are in that situation or close to that situation or any sort of debt, Mm -hmm. it can help to give that breath of fresh air to say, Okay. And someone else did it. I have talked with so many people recently who have different barriers to why they can't make shifts in their financial situation. I have heard literally in the last week, maybe I'm interacting with more people. I don't know, but (laughs) I'm too old. I, my, I'm too set in my ways. I'm too far gone. I'm in too much debt. I'm not interested in finances, right? There's so many things that we can put on as to why I'm just not willing to do experience growth in this yes. area. And so I'm curious for you, Jade, because this would be the reason, right? I am nearly half a million dollars in debt. There is no way. Like I'm too far gone. This is my life now. I'm going to learn to accept it. What what was that like for you to start to get that in order? And and I know you've provided great tangibles with the three Ps, but just like a, a first step, like where should yeah. someone begin with Easy. those barriers? Yeah, great question. I mean, the first thing is getting organized. Like literally, you don't see the room because you're probably not organized. So literally the first step is listing out all of your expenses, everything that you can think of, because my guess is you're probably not on a budget. And the first step to doing that is just knowing what you have to work with and what you have to pay. So a lot of people I have found, they don't even truly know exactly how much money they make. You know, a lot of people don't know exactly how many bills they have. So getting organized and listing out all of your expenses, um, both fixed and variable, listing out what your incomes are coming into the house and then creating a budget. The budget is like everything because your budget informs, it informs what you can spend. It informs what goals you're putting money towards. You know, a lot of people think that your budget is just a list of bills and and that's not exactly it. You know, your budget should have the amount of money that you earn each month. So let's say 
I don't know, let's say you earn $3,000 a month. And after that, you're spending every dime of that on paper on purpose. You're, you're, you're putting your bills in there. You're putting your variable expenses, which are things like groceries, things like, you know, spending on hair or, or grooming, things that you can kind of control the amounts. And then you're including your, your goals in there. So if there's any money left over, you're putting that towards, you know, paying off that first small debt or, you know, putting together a quick emergency fund so that you've got money for a rainy day and really just planning and organizing your money. You know, a budget is just like taking that that messy closet that's got all that crazy stuff in and you just shove it in there. A budget is putting like that awesome like organization system in there, right? So that when you open the closet, it's like your shoes are here and your belts are here and your pants are here and it looks awesome and it's not overwhelming. It's actually something you like looking at and like going into. And I think that with money, it's the same way. Setting it up in an organized way, you get to choose how you spend it, right? It's not like somebody is saying, you must, you know, you must spend your money. You're choosing. You're saying, you know what? It feels good to to know what I have. It feels good to pay bills on time. It feels good to know that at any given moment, exactly how much money I have in my checking account. I really appreciated Jade's entire talk. And I think this part about the budget, I really enjoy. I know, Jen, you've gone through your own journey with budgeting, but I think the way that Mm -hmm. Jade highlights how important a budget was for them and just a way of organizing our finances. Again, I think anytime we can find a helpful mindset shift or a perspective shift, it doesn't even mean that we're changing our circumstances that much, just the way that we're looking at an issue or even a solution can help us. And so I think the way that Jade describes budgeting could be one of those for some people of how can I view this in a way that doesn't feel stifling, but actually helpful and beneficial for me. Yeah, she just offers a lot of really helpful tips for people who are are feeling some type of way about like their debt payoff and it's just like gracious toughness about what you kind of have to do to get your finances together and but without all the guilt and shame. That's mm-hmm. what I really love that she really breaks through what we can feel about about our debt, about maybe the mess we've gotten into with our finances. The past is the past. And if you choose to be different in the future, then then there is no more guilt. There is mm-hmm. no more shame because you're choosing to be someone different and doing something different. And I just it's a refreshing take. Yeah. Jade's also refreshing in the sense that she's still working in the music world. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times we can chat with folks who have started in a different career and now are fully in personal finance. And I think Jade has found her way into that a bit, but she hasn't let go of some of those other things that are really enjoyable for her. So I think that she brings a helpful perspective in that regard because she's still in that world. She's still holding a previous career. It might look different from when she first began, but I think for those of us who might not feel as though, okay, I got to switch everything. I'm going to start blogging about personal finance. You can still do what you're doing and pair that with some of these new learnings and ways of approaching budget and debt payoff. So that's that's a fun thing about Jade's story, too. Yeah, she's not one of these people that's like, oh, I switched to blogging and I make six figures and now I paid off my debt in a year because of all the money I'm making, (laughs) which is all lies. 100% always all lies. If it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. Yeah. (laughs) So I appreciate, yeah, I, I also appreciate that about Jade. Our next segment, our final segment that we're going to play for you is from day four, and it's from Jessie Fearon. Uh, so this is on day three, and she's talking about how to help your brain make better spending decisions. And so she talks a lot about routines and how different tips for how we can overcome decision fatigue. Um, and so I, I love this clip, and so I hope you guys will too. 
So let's dive in and ask you like a big question. This is a lo- very loaded question. So we'll just skip the the pleasantries and just start out like <laughs> into it. Why do we do the opposite of what we say we want to do? That's like a major like budgeting like qualm. That's a major qualm I have with budgeting. I don't know really what the word qualm actually means, but if I did, <laughs> it's what I would have with that. Like, so why do I make a budget and then do the opposite of what I say I want to do? Well, it's because you're human. Um, <laughs> um, you know, we're not robots, right? Dang um, it. But I, you know, I also think it's because a lot of times we get caught up in the living someone else's a dream, but we think it's ours. Like we've, we've said, Oh, that's my dream. That's my dream too. But really it's because we haven't actually sat down and defined our dream and what we really want out of life. And instead we just see, Oh, Sally over there is just really killing it. So I'm going to do what she's doing and I'm going to have that too. Instead of sitting down and getting real with ourselves and discovering for ourselves, like what is important, uh, what's not important, what do we, what do I really hope to have achieved um, in my lifetime? One of the most powerful things that I ever did was at this conference a few years ago. And they had us write um, our eulogies for our funerals. They made us like write it. And so weird, I know, but it really brought into focus like what I hope when I leave this world what I'm remembered for and what's actually mm. important to me. And when I was able to do that, I was able to bring it back and kind of ask myself, okay, like, am I headed in that direction or am I headed in a different direction? And how do I get going in that direction? And so I, I think that that's where a lot of times it comes from. We, we, we want to do certain things, but then we do the opposite of it because maybe a part of us doesn't actually want that thing that we say that we do. Um, or maybe we just want a small part of that. We don't want the whole thing. And so it really comes down to us just sitting down and defining it for ourselves. Mm. That's an interesting point that both could be true for why we don't do the things we say we're doing. It could be that the thing we're saying we're doing is not actually what we want or the the thing that we say we're doing we want to do, but then impulse decisions come in and we just end up doing whatever everybody else is doing. And maybe what's on paper is accurate. I think that can go in both Absolutely. directions. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also interesting to me, I think... I could know or at least say verbally, yeah, my life is not other people's lives. I don't have to live it the way other people do, but then rubber meets the road and I can feel uncomfortable making different decisions. Like it was uncomfortable for me the first few times that I said, I don't like Target and I don't like Starbucks. And people are like, how could you not? Oh my gosh. And that in was some me. ways it's like an offensive thing to say to people because it's where they spend the most of their uh, discretionary funds. And so actually putting that into practice, I think can be really difficult, Uh, but I think you're giving us some keys in how to do that. Like, I mean, the eulogy thing is next level. I love that. (laughs) I've heard of that before and I don't think I, I haven't actually done it. And I don't think we've actually asked our audience to do it before, but that is, that is powerful. And I think it, it's something I think I want to take forward with me. It is because it's so final because they, mm-hmm. they're like, this is, this is the last, you know, like you're not coming back from the dead to, to, to do anything more. So yeah. those, you know, when you leave this world, what is it that you hope is left behind? Like what mark have you left behind? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, like, for me, it just really challenged me in that regard when um, of defining what was actually really important to me. Sometimes mm-hmm. knowing the big things can help us in the smaller things. Absolutely. But speaking of the smaller things, I think another part of what we're talking about here is just how busy our lives can be, how many choices we have to make in a day, and how decision fatigue bears weight on the decisions that we make and whether or not they were intentional decisions that we actually wanted to make for ourselves. <laughs> Jesse, what would you say at its core is decision fatigue? What brings it on? Why do we experience it? Um, well, so to illustrate this, I'm going to use my own life. Um, so 10 years ago, uh, right before, um, actually while I was in labor, giving birth to my oldest child, I was still working away on my laptop in the hospital. Really not funny to think about it, but I was, that's what I was doing. I was a project manager for this engineering company based, um, in Atlanta, but I was on the national side. So I had projects all over the country. I had almost a thousand projects going on at that time that I'm literally in the hospital bed giving birth. Um, but I, felt fine. I felt very in control over my life. And then flash forward 
10 years and that's not the case anymore. And of course, a lot of things have just changed um, in the in the world of like societal things. You know, our phones were so much attached to them. We have so much more digital clutter than we did 10 years ago. We just have a lot more. And of course, I'm now a mom of three kids and two dogs. <laughs> and you know, and so things have changed dramatically. And so there's all these other little small decisions that I have to make a day in and day out. And um, for a long time, it almost wrecked me. And I realized part of it is actually because I didn't have a solid daily routine in place. And as a former project manager, I'm speaking a lot to moms here in particular, because we do manage other people's schedules all the time, right? Um, Or to a spouse who maybe manages their spouses. Um, Something I learned is that the whole rest of my family's life to be in control, I had to get my life in control. I had to get my routine built and established. And then that way I could help and manage everybody else's time and help them learn how to get on a routine as well. And um, that absolutely helped so much with my decision fatigue and my burnout, because then it took away a lot of those, you know, those little fires that pop up all the time, Mm -hmm. because I actually had a way of being able to deal with them from that forward. Yeah, that is such a a great like strategy to to eliminate that because you don't think about especially with kids, you don't think about all the little micro decisions that you are making all day every day. And like we think we're in control and then by the end of the day, it's all for nothing because our brains are just exhausted from like what am I going to wear? What is my kid going to wear? What am I going to eat? How much should I eat? Should I stop eating now? Like that's, that's usually my day. It's like, when am I going to eat? What should I eat? When yes. should I stop eating? <laughs> all of that. So like, when am I going to brush my teeth? Am I brushing my teeth long enough? Like all these tiny little eight questions in my head that by the end of the day, it is I am exhausted. But like having a plan and creating like I just deciding, like, I do this at this time for this length of time, it can eliminate like half of those decisions. So like when, so when it's at the end of the day and you really have to make actual like important decisions that are more important about then should I stop eating now? (laughs) You can actually like make them with wisdom. That's so Exactly. Exactly. Your brain's not so fried. (laughs) Yeah. Besides planning, is there anything else you can do to like reduce decision fatigue? Um, well, kind of going a little bit back to the to the routine is I, I think that what's really important is coming up with in that routine, like say whatever time you're going to wake up in the morning, it'd be six o'clock. What for the first 30 minutes of your day are you going to do? Are you going to be rushing out the door to get to work? Or are you going to sit down and have a cup of coffee? Are you going to pray? Are you going to do are you going to work out? Are you going to read your Bible? Are you going to read a book? What are you going to do? Are you going to work on your side hustle? What are you going to do for that thir- first 30 minutes of the day? And then at some point in the middle of the day, whether it's your lunch break, it's your kids nap, you know, nap time, you're sitting in carpool, whatever for 30 minutes in the middle of the day, what are you doing? What is being done in that time period? Are you cleaning, preparing for dinner? What are you doing? Um, and then in the evening, before you go to bed, that last 30 minutes, what are you doing? That absolutely helped me because then I was able to look over my day and plan my day accordingly because I knew I had 30 minutes in the middle of the day that if I, you know, I have a cleaning schedule too, like I clean bathrooms on Mondays. So I knew that I could get the bathrooms clean in that 30 minute time window. You know, if I had not had any other time during that day, if I was being pulled Mm -hmm. in too many different directions, I had 30 minutes because that is the, a lot of time I had on my little plan. And that was it. And I think that it's really important that maybe sometimes if we break it down to just giving ourselves like a 30 minute block to do something in whatever it may be, whatever we're going to catch up on, whatever is important to us, put them in those blocks because then they get done. And then you're not just constantly being pulled into 15 million different directions. Hmm. I love how time limited that is too. I think finding those 30 minutes can can be reasonable. Maybe we need to start with 10, 15, 20 minutes, but hopefully you've got 30 minutes that you can carve out for yourself three times a day. And if not, then maybe that's a warning sign that we yeah. Yeah. evaluate the way that our life is structured if we can't keep up with anything. Jesse is another person who has revisited our podcast. So that's always fun to bring back faces. 
and perspectives that we know are really amazing. So that was fun. And of course, I love the times when we can talk about tangible tips, the low hanging fruit, Mm -hmm. the things that we can be trying on for size. Of course, what's going to work for one person won't work for all people. But this ability to engage in a routine and see it make a difference in our emotional lives, our spending lives, our relational lives. Like what is being offered here isn't just beneficial for spending and finances. It's across the board. Routines are incredible. I think we as humans are created for some version of routine. We all need it to various degrees, but when we can find what works for us, like Jesse is describing, it can can really, really help eliminate some of those decisions that we need to make throughout the day, which makes life go better for us. Yeah. And I know when I first heard like 30 minutes, three times a day, I'm like, who has 30? Who has an hour and a half? And then I'm like, what what do I need to get out of my life to make time for that? Mm -hmm. Because it's not an I can't, it's a how can I? And if this is something that is going to help me make better decisions. And overall, especially spending decisions, what we're focusing on this week, if this is something that's going to help me in my life long term, how can I carve out 30 minutes, three times a day? Because if you think about it, you should be able to do that theoretically, 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes before bed, and 30 minutes at lunch. That should be a thing normal human beings can do. So what do I need to take out of my life that does not serve me in order to make room for a system and to incorporate systems that do? Um, so I hope that I hope that you'll listen to Jesse's talk on day three and that you'll challenge yourself to remove some of the things from your life that allow you to put healthier practice, like replace them with healthier practices. Speaking of healthy practices and something we're not going to remove, there is always time for this. Always. The The bill bill of of the the week. week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, my name is Taryn. I listen to your podcast. I'm from the UK. Today, I managed to renew my car insurance and... Last year, it was at a huge price because I was doing it very last minute and I had a few little claims on my car. So I was paying £255 a month for some high-risk insurance and I've got it down to £62 a month for next year. So I'm, I'm planning to put that money into savings and I'd love to pay for my car insurance for the whole year that's my goal next year the following time and it allows me to put a bit of money into savings because I've recently gone down to part-time for better work-life balance and studies that is amazing Taryn I am so proud of you a your voice is so soothing like please please leave more bills of the week, please. Um, Second, that is a big jump and you will definitely be able to pay for that next year. Like if you're saving the difference, then you'll have no problem. And uh, yeah, we're so proud of you, Taryn. Thanks for, thanks for calling in. Thanks so much, Taryn, for calling in. If you all listening want to submit your bill of the week, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. We we love them. We just love them. We're never getting rid of them. The, and actually, bill of the weeks are part of the summit as well. We mm-hmm. asked all of our speakers for their bill of the week. So you've got 20 more bills of the week coming at you mm-hmm. next week. And 
only one of them is Bill Curtis. So <laughs> I'll just preface that. I'll let you guess. Jen's a little which disappointed. Where's that one in? And we'll move on. How do I get my partner on board with our finances? It's a top question we get from listeners, and we've realized it's a game changer when there are tools that allow you to work together better, like Monarch. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple design makes it so easy to set up and manage your household finances. Plus, they have built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. After trying out Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001 and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot special for $1,000 off Vanta. And now it's time for the lightning round. So this is a question from Goldie, our podcast manager. She asks, would you rather earn lots of money doing a job you hate or not earn much doing a job you love? And... I would I was going to replace it with our summit question but it's at the end of our session so I don't want to like give any spoilers. So you'll just have we also have a question that we ask every speaker the same question at the very end so you'll have to tune in to see what the question is. But this is a fun one and it's just a good grab bag. Yes. Well, what do you think <laughs> Jen? What's your answer? <laughs> um I think I would rather not earn much money doing a job I love because that's what my life is. <laughs> yes. I, I have say. a podcast. <laughs> um, and I'm a social worker. So I think like what I have chosen with my life proves this out. I can't, yeah. I couldn't say the other thing because uh, it's not been in the cards for me. <laughs> Um, I would love to earn a lot of money doing something I love. And I think that's totally possible. And we actually talk about that on day four. Janice Torres Rodriguez from Yo Quiero Dinero talks about creating a side hustle in your margin. And then Taylor Kovar from The Money Couple talks about transitioning to full-time work that you love. So we've got Janice with the how to start it in your margin and Taylor with the how do we move it into full-time? How do we go from a job that makes us money into doing a job we love that may not make a lot of money? So we've got that on day four. Um, And so I think that's going to be a really good day because what is the point of controlling your spending and following a budget if you're just going to make a lot of money for no reason? Like there is no point to retiring early because there's nothing like unless you know what you're retiring early for, which is typically going to be to contribute in some other way. And maybe that is doing something that doesn't make you a lot of money, but it's still less retiring, more transitioning to work that you love. Mm -hmm. And so that is really the, the point of frugality is to be able to afford a life you love. And that is... That's a lot about what we talk about in our session in the summit is the point of controlling your spending and 
how to find your why behind it. So you're motivated to keep going. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like that's the reason we're frugal is so that we can do jobs that don't pay a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what what came first, the chicken or the egg? But yeah. yeah, the one necessitates the other. But yet we are seeing great strides in our finances as a result of frugality too. And the mm-hmm. motivation and perspective, I think similar to what we're what we what you and I just got to experience with the summit and what people are about to experience alongside of us as they listen to these interviews is the different perspectives and what works for other people and the motivation that can come with that. I think we can't just do it on our own or with one or two other people. It's a whole community that's going to help us find the things that are going to work for us, find people who are similar to us or different from us and are going to challenge us in new ways. So I think because of that, we can do better and better. You don't have to stay stuck if you don't want to be in the job that you're in or you want to be in the job you're in, but you do want to earn more money or have more freedom and flexibility. So yeah, it's an amazing thing to learn from others. I'm excited to share that with people. Yeah. So again, head to frugallivingsummit.com and get your free ticket. Check out the Spending Mastery Bundle after you register. The price of that does go up when the first sessions drop. So that is definitely something to check out. And thanks for listening to this episode. Um, We are going to share one more comment that one of our listeners made about our 2021 event. Bree said, hey, all just wanted to share my biggest takeaway from the summit so far. Pretty much it all comes down to your mindset of what frugal means. And there's a clear difference between cheap and frugal. Living a frugal life doesn't have to be boring in order to achieve your dreams. And I'm so thankful to have joined the summit to learn this. Also, best resource from the All Access Pass is the Debt Snowball Calculator. Game changer for anyone, especially those who want to retire early or have a solid debt-free date. Oh, thank you so much, Brie. I'm so thrilled you enjoyed last year's and we've got so many more resources coming at you this year too. Oh my gosh, yes. We have a how much can I afford to invest spreadsheet and we have budgeting spreadsheets and we have all kinds of debt payoff resources. So our all access pass, which is the spending mastery bundle, is legit. And yeah, we hope to teach you a lot about what frugality can be and how it can work for you. So thanks for listening. Again, frugallivingsummit.com to get your free ticket, your free goodie bag, which has the game that will allow you to uh, win prizes every day of the summit. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys on Monday. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Jill. Tell me. What will you be drinking at our happy hours each night of the <sighs> summit? Every night? Well, Every f- night. Four. Four happy hours. For sure, water. It's like the only thing I can guarantee you I'm going to drink every night is water. Sure. Hmm. I'm not saying that there won't be something else also, but I for sure know I'll drink water every night. But you made up up drinks, like themed drinks for the summit. Oh, yes, I did. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to be drinking those themed drinks. (laughs) Tell us the themed drinks, Jill. You're going to have to, you're going to have to come to the summit, Uh, but I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little sneak peek at what we did for our, that this might not be the same thing, but for our party, for our four year Frugal Friends anniversary party. One of my favorite drinks that we had was called the Arak. Because Arak. <laughs> Arak. That's what we say when we have tech 
tech difficulties and usually Eric's home and I can just call for him and be like, solve this issue with my mic or my computer. I'm like half anything expecting else. him to come through the door. He is, yeah. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if he does. Um, so anyhow, we named a drink after that. Like we spelt it a I R R I C K. Really, his mm-hmm. name is spelled E R I C. But you know, when we pronounce it that way. Right. And I you think it was just like correct. vodka and club and some lemon because he enjoys yeah. eating, drinking that, not eating that. I might, I might be drinking the gin and tonic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Maybe. That's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll just have to come to the happy hour to see uh, what Chill's drink is. <laughs> Water. Water. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. 